and welcome back to For the Students. Again, just notice that magnificent intro. That's right. Um, You'll have to give us feedback when you hear it, and we'll see. Uh, and if see you think you can do better, I just encourage you, you go work on it. That's right. And we'll put it in. And we got, we got ways to record it. Just come on into the office. We can make it happen. I reward people who put in the work. That's right. Right. John Schlack comes early, takes down the lights and everything like and that. And we get to throw dodgeballs. And get, we get to throw dodgeballs. So you put in the work for an intro, I'll put it on the podcast, okay? Okay, so here we are in another episode of For the Students. And again, the goal is to get this puppy going weekly. So as you'll notice, this is coming out um, this week rather than another week from now has been, has, has been our uh, pace. So we are um, covering another question, another good question, James. That will, uh, I think, stimulate a, com a lot of conversation between our teams. You ready for it? Yeah. I mean, are we going to tell them if we think their questions are bad? Because that'd be kind of awkward. Uh, well, it's anonymous, so. That's true. I guess we'd, we'd never know. We won't. Your questions aren't bad. This one's actually, like, good. Okay? So, how do you know when it is a good time to talk to your friends about the Bible? And when Pastor Nick told me we were going to talk about this question, it was, it was like, I wish I would have asked this mm. question. Like, it mm -hmm. was, I think... How do I know when I should bring the Bible into talking to the barista at Starbucks? Exactly. Like, like when, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. 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 So, and I think behind this question is that what the student is asking is their friends don't hold the Bible as an authority, so they won't accept its teaching. So for them to, like, hear you quote the Bible, they're like, well, that doesn't matter to me, right? So I think that's what's behind this question. So. This person's asking, how do I know when it's time to, you know, bring that up, right? Um, and so I want to start one way and then kind of give you some, some, some steps forward, okay? So one is when you're having any type of discussion, right? And if, especially if you know it's a friend who isn't a Christian who probably wouldn't accept the Bible um, and different things like that, it's just carefully walk through. I told you guys these questions, I think, in week one walk through and say, how can I ask questions here? Back to the person, right? And so, like, if someone says something, you can come back and say, what do you mean by that? Always strive for clarity, right? People throw out words, and behind those words have a lot, they have a lot of different, like, definitions, a lot of different ways that they think about things. So, one of the best ways to clarify that in any discussion, clarify things in any discussion is, what do you mean by that? And then, ask them a follow-up question once they're done describing it because once they're describing it, you'll begin to see, does that match up, right? Like, do I agree? Do I disagree? And then how did you get there? Because then that's another level in saying like, okay, so before I just like crucify this person for thinking that, like I got to understand how they got there, right? And that then gives me more information about how to engage them. So what do you mean by that, and how did you get there? And again, questions are going to diffuse tension. It's exactly. going to make less tension. Yeah. So you didn't necessarily, you couldn't see Pastor Nick's face, but remember when you ask these questions to smile, like look interested. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to ask this question, you need to be willing to listen. But again, yeah. back to the questions themselves. They're going to take any tension out of the situation. When you just ask, hey, I'm not sure I understood what you were saying. What do you mean by that? That just means that you get to listen better. And the only, the only, the only outcome is that you'll be able to understand yeah. things better. Yeah. And how you say it matters, yeah. right? If I were to say, well, what, what do, do you mean, mean by that? Right? Like, okay. Then you're just asking for some fire coming from them too. Yeah. So if you're able to pull yourself back 
and say, well, what do you mean by that? Like, and actually give it a genuinely, genuinely inquisitive, like, uh, look and, and it don't, don't try and be fake, but like, just pause for a split second and say, okay, hold myself here. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Right. And again, let them then take the time, ask maybe more questions. You said this, what do you mean by that? Like, don't just assume things. Right. And honestly, even when people are telling you what they mean by that, you'll begin to see like, they don't even know what they mean by that. They were just parroting something. Right. Yeah. And then how did you get there? Because that's another level in saying like, generally we arrived to our definitions, not through, you know, exactly wrote uh, Webster's dictionary definitions. We arrived there through life experiences. And, and again, we're asking questions here. We're not arguing. This is, this is the opposite Correct. of this, which is, again, I think is refreshing for those of us that are believers. We don't need to come out of the gate throwing things. Mm-hmm. We can come in out of the gate and just say, hey, I'm listening. What's going on here? Exactly. And, and I think the, the posture is the thing that changes it all, right? Um, too quickly, people are just openly hostile. And so for us, if we, can be, if we can be people who have a posture of listening and a willingness to engage and understand where someone's coming from, that will make all the difference in the first part. And that softness from you may then allow for some softness from your friend to introduce the Bible. Right. Um, so, okay. I hope that helps us out. Just saying like, always ask clarifying questions, right? Um, when you're having any type of discussion with some friends. Okay. The other thing I would say is this, um, you want to introduce the Bible because it is an authority in your life, right? Um, as Christians, uh, we believe that the Bible is a living word of God and, and there's a lot to unpack there, but, um, it, for you, it is something that you can cite, right? Um, Again, your friend not, might not realize it, but they are probably borrowing from the Bible and from kind of a, a Christian culture in general anyways, um, because we live increasingly so in what's terminat, uh, t- uh, what's called a post-Christian culture. Do we think we know what that means? A post-Christian. Post being after. Yeah. Christian being Christian, the Christian belief. So we're, we've, we've moved beyond that now. We're right. So any culture, not just the U S like any culture that has Christian Christianity introduced into it, where a large number of people become Christians eventually will, I mean, hope, hopefully not, but attrition just says so will eventually become a post Christian culture. England's a good example. Yeah, of this. they're like, in front of us a little. Exactly. Bit. Yeah, Europe in 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 the UK and everything like that. They've been a couple decades ahead of us, mm-hmm. right? And to where they're a post Christian culture. But here's the thing that that then changes things is if you're a post Christian culture, uh, that means you have the residue of the Christianity there. Do we know what residue is? Uh, I've got coffee residue in the yeah, bottom Yeah, it's of my like cup. the nastiness that no one wants to drink at the bottom, or like it's the little bits that when your coffee dries, like that's what's left on the bottom, right? Um, there's residue there, but there's all, and it's probably actually even more than residue. There are actually key pillars mm-hmm. that is is that are help holding up a society based on Christianity. Yeah, and so how does this help us as we're engaging okay. with our friends? Great question. So there's a guy... His name is Joshua Shatra. 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 I don't know. You pick really hard names to say. I don't know why. I think Nick goes through his library and he's like, what is the hardest (laughs) titles and words? And then he tries them. But then he gets recorded and now he has to (laughs) live with it the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. 
I think it's Shetra. So, um, and he wrote a book called Telling a Better Story, how to talk about God in a skeptical age, right? And so in basically he's making the argument that your friends live by a certain story. You as a Christian live by a certain story. And we all live by stories in this life. And your friend's story is probably borrowing more Christianity than they realize, right? So whenever you're having any discussions with somebody, he terms it having an inside-out apologetic structure, okay? And again, apologetics is just defending your faith, right? So um, start from the inside and work your way out, right? Again, because... Again, let's take this person's question. If you're having a, a discussion with somebody and you just and, and they're someone who you know won't affirm the Bible, if you just drop the Bible bomb on them right away, poof, wall, right? Most likely. Um, and it'll be a, a discussion ender. What Josh suggests is starting out by asking yourself this. What can I affirm and what will I need to challenge? Right? So like everybody agrees that justice for humanity is something that we can affirm. But then how we can challenge that is how people view that happening, yeah. right? How does it play out? And how does that play, play out, right? We can all affirm that there's value, dignity, and worth in every human. But again, how people see that play out is maybe where we can challenge and things. And even why. And why, like exactly. How, how do you, how, how can you say mm -hmm. that? Right? So what can I affirm is a good place to start. And that means it comes back to you, though, um, as the question, answer, and discussion person and saying, like, I better know what I affirm, right? So you can know what you can affirm with this person, right? So what can I affirm and what will I need to challenge? And then also maybe trying to figure out where that story leads for them, right? Um, and in, is it internally consistent and livable? So um, let's give an example here. Let's pretend that um, you take this, that your friend takes the position of like, I just want to do in life whatever makes me happy. And I'm willing to do whatever I can to make myself happy. And, you know, you kind of get down the road for a discussion. And let's just say that comes to a point where um, you can see that, well, you can ask the question, well, if it, whatever makes you happy, if you get married, are you able just to like walk out? on that person, right? I mean, if they're not making you happy, like you could just walk out on them, right? And maybe they'll be like, yeah, I mean, if they're not making me happy, of course. But then you could say, well, doesn't that just completely wreck their uh, happiness their, uh, their happiness and the relationship? And let alone if you have kids, mm -hmm. right? So this idea of like, I'm just gonna do whatever makes me happy falls apart somewhere along the line. Yeah, do you think that so I, as the believer in that instance, should push them to that? Or do you think that, do you think I should push that part of the conversation? Or do you think I should just it depends let them? on how things are going. Okay. Yeah. Like if you have someone who's clearly willing to think things through and talk about the logical, you know, outworkings of that, then yeah, maybe. Okay. But otherwise you do feel like we would need to, you'd need to You could maybe them. build that scenario. Okay. And use that one, like, and say like, well, if it's, you live by the whatever makes me happy philosophy that runs into walls because again, like someone could say something really heinous, like an awful makes them happy. Right. Um, and we see this in, in our society in a lot of ways where some things that would be really kind of just, um, awful are it, it, like some people try and justify it because they would say it makes me happy. Yeah. Right. 
And so this, again, just to, let's see if I'm understanding. This is to try to, for you to understand what their beliefs are, but then also just guiding the conversation or being a part of the conversation so that they can see where some of their beliefs take them in a sense. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And how do we follow this up? What's, what's next? Yeah. So again, you're asking, what can I affirm? What can I challenge? And with that story that they have, right? Um, where does that end up leaving them? And is it internally consistent? Is it livable? Yeah. Let me pause just for a second. And again, I think the, the first steps here are important that we're mainly listening. Like we're Mm -hmm. mainly like, this is us trying to find things that we can affirm and we don't have to challenge everything we disagree with. Mm-hmm. I think that might be another point we want to make is don't spend all your time just like I need to remember the 13 things they've said that I disagree with and I have to challenge all of those. That doesn't make for a good no. conversation anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So you start inside, then you work yourself outside. Right. And he says, you need to ask yourself, where do competing views borrow from the Christian story? So let's again, take our happiness example. Right. There is nothing wrong biblically with wanting to be happy. God wants us to experience, and again, there's a difference between joy and happiness, Mm -hmm. um, but God wants us to enjoy this life. God wants us to be happy and joyful and ultimately find that in Him, right? Um, So you can say that the idea of happiness, the idea of like pleasure and joy is really borrowed in a sense, from the Christian story. Um, and this one, like, uh, there's a lot to maybe, I won't go there. But we'll just say for, for the fact that joy and, and happiness are, are, are some Christian goods, mm-hmm. right? So you can affirm that, right? And say that there are things that I think, though, that you are, are, are borrowing from the Christian story, right? So where do competing views borrow from the Christian story? And then how does the Christian narrative better address our experiences, observations, and history? And so this is a, now your example is going to really, really work well, right? Mm -hmm. So if I only desire my own happiness, that's in conflict to the Bible. How, and how does the Bible work that out better? The Bible says that it's not just your happiness that matters. It's also the flourishing and happiness and joy of all humans, right? And this idea of I'm just going to do what makes me happy, it eats itself alive and also causes a lot of destruction for other people, right? Yeah, which the Bible would push us in the completely opposite direction, yeah. right? And your friend would say like, well, no, I don't want to cause issues and difficulties for other people. But the idea of I'm just going to do whatever makes me happy and I don't care like what, you know, I'm just going to prioritize that, that then leaves um, destruction in its wake. You know, there's an example. Uh, her name is Glennon Doyle, um, and she's a popular uh, writer. She uh, wrote a book um, detailing how she just wasn't happy in her marriage to her husband because she was actually same-sex attracted, and she left her husband and kids for another woman. And um, using the idea of this is what is like I'm setting myself free. I'm making myself happy. But in that, she left the wake of her husband and kids. We don't know all the details there, but that's the reality of it, right? But through that, it's been said, like, I've left, I've cast off the chains. I'm actually truly free and happy now. But there's destruction. In the yeah, there's destruction. 
And again, that's where we begin to see that they've borrowed something and then distorted it. And mm -hmm. that's where our discussion can say, hey, the Bible, the truth, the gospel offers something that's better than yeah. that. Yeah, and one last thing on, on happiness and joy, and particularly in the marriage context, like the Christian story says, like, it's more than just your happiness that matters. You actually have a, a responsibility to your family mm -hmm. to take care of them, right? And so let's just say that you're not happy in in a marriage, and again, this this gets complicated. There may be a lot of reasons. You know, there could be some some dark yes. things going on there, like abuse and different things like that. Um, and and we have different answers to some of that. But you your marriage is not built on your happiness in the Christian system. Your marriage is built on a covenant relationship between you and your wife, which is ultimately built on the covenant relationship between God and us. So you have things that back things up. And again, I think. If you just got a little like confused by what Pastor Nick said, let me boil it down in kind of a just one sentence. The Christian faith has things that explain themselves the deeper we get. The deeper we get into the Bible, the more that my relationship with my wife makes sense in how I'm supposed to operate yeah. instead of just, well, I want to be happy. And so then it just, yep. it, it kind of destructs itself. And so, yeah, again, we're, this might be the theme of the kind of the last couple podcasts here, but like the Bible's going to hold up under pressure. It's going to yep. hold up. It's not going to be like you get to run away and just destroy people because you want to be happy. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to sum things up is just be willing when you're having discussions with your friends um, to listen first, ask questions and soften their hearts and then talk about the Bible and say like, well, in my Christian worldview and the way I see things, the Bible says this. And that's a way to unpack that um, with somebody after you've spent the time listening. Yeah, and kind of that second half there as we get back to the Bible. Remember what Pastor Nick said that it's, we don't have to set our Bible aside to join this conversation. Because it'd be just like asking them to mm -hmm. set their worldview aside. Yep. And then they would try to be having a conversation while not leaning on what they do, which is probably ultimately themselves or whatever their belief structure is. Yeah. But again, we don't have to set the Bible across. I was talking to one of your guys, youth leaders, and I just said like, how do you just kind of bring Jesus into any conversation you had? And he said, just be honest with people. When they ask you, hey, what are you doing on Sunday? Tell them you're going to church. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a big part of the conversation. It doesn't have to be something you dwell on. But be naturally who you are and what you believe. We don't need to hide that. And again, that's something I struggle with too, right? Mm -hmm. Like when somebody asks me what, they're cutting my hair and they ask me what I do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm hesitant to be like, well, I just play music. Mm -hmm. or, but I've, I've tried to push myself and say, no, like I really, I, I'm a worship pastor downtown. Here's what I do. Yeah. I do play music and I, I do, we, I lead people in worship with God. And so again, Whoever asks those questions, great job. Let's keep asking good questions. And uh, one more thing from me, and then I'll toss it over to Nick to kind of wrap it up here, is that remember that these questions or what Pastor Nick walked you through here doesn't all have to happen in the same conversation. No. This isn't like sit down, you're going to have a 55-minute yep. conversation, and you're going to take this unbeliever, you're going to listen to them, you're going to challenge them, and then you're going to end up with them accepting Christ in this 55 minutes. This is just almost more like a lifestyle, right? A lifestyle of listening, a lifestyle of yep. asking good questions, a lifestyle of noticing what they've borrowed from the Christian faith, and then the lifestyle of showing them that we believe that what we believe is, is better and that it does hold up under pressure. And so, Amen. again, great question. Yeah, great question. And uh, no fact check this week. Uh, facts were, were good. So see you next time.